God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. Well, Trump to be put back on the Colorado ballot. The Supreme Court gave, uh, you know, a hearing um, with the defense and of Colorado, the the liberals that don't want democracy, I guess. <laughs> they certainly want to destroy the republic. The liberals who want to end the electoral college, the liberals that don't want to run against Trump, but yet they say Trump's exactly who we want to run against. But they're doing everything they can to try to destroy him economically, trying to incarcerate him through lawfare and also to uh, get him off the ballot any chance they get. But no matter what they try, the people come through for Donald Trump. And the people came through in Nevada with a 99-point change, I think it's 99.8% victory in Nevada for the caucus. Uh, Nikki, uh, was it Burbrain, right? Burbrain, Nikki Haley, could not even campaign there because she would be like roasted. And now Trump is up, uh, it's February 24th, I guess, uh, uh, Trump is up in South Carolina by, like, huge. And people are rallying behind Trump. Blacks in the Bronx, Hispanics, uh, Latinos in Miami, uh, Hispanics along the border in Mexico and Arizona. It's it's all around us for, for the world to see. Even Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin, who spoke with Tucker Carlson, knows what time it is in America. The only one who doesn't know what time it is is Joe Biden, who basically at the special counsel said he's too elderly, he's too senile, he's too fragile of a man. He, you know, He's mentally incapacitated. So now there's all this talk about the Democrats, and the Democrats are 
uh, basically trying to figure out who's next. What are we going to do? It's got to be Big Mike, you know, Obama's husband. Uh, Big Mike is going to be one or uh, Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom's saying a whole bunch of weird stuff, acting like he's all in for Joe Biden, knowing full well that Joe Biden's going to be thrown out. And even Roger Stone made a prediction. We're going to hear all this today. And uh, <clears throat> going to read this tweet. It says, Trump to be put back on the Colorado ballot. Nikki Haley loses Nevada primary to the invisible man. None of the above. Tucker Carlson interviews Putin. Biden calls the president of Mexico El Sisi, who happens to be the president of Egypt. And he said that at a time when he was trying to make the point that he's cogn- his cognitive skills are good. I mean, the guy never got 81 million votes. And Putin, when you look at Putin and his interview with Tucker Carlson, Putin looked like an amazing thinker, historian, super smart, pragmatic, uh, level-headed, uh, could talk about artificial intelligence and human engineering. He, he's familiar with Elon Musk. He knows our election system. He knows how decentralized our election system is. He knows how exploitable it is. Putin, man, gave an interview that just blew me away. The only other person that blew me away like Putin was Trump. These are really smart men. Really well thought out, thought, thought, uh, well thinking men. And it was a really impressive interview. Any intellect listening to the interview between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin came away thinking, what the heck was that? It goes back to that old notion how in 2015 and 16, the media was just censoring Trump and bad-mouthing Trump and and disparaging Trump, right? And then, because he was going to end globalism, he was going to put a get out of the Paris Agreement, he was going to, you know, basically called the open border for what it is. He was basically going to call climate change for what it was, what it is. It's a scam. It's a regulatory scam in order for the globalists to gain control because they can't make their own laws. They could actually act like they give two craps about the earth and want to regulate everybody to death. And if that doesn't work, they'll get a pandemic. They'll make up a bioweapon, release it into the world, and try to rig elections. I mean... That's all they're doing is just one scam after another. Every single thing they do, whether it's the 9-11 attack or whether it's these globalists are in charge of every event, every event that happened, whether it's 9-11 attack or whether it's COVID pandemic. We haven't had one in 100 years. All of a sudden, the globalists are in charge and we have one. And then there's this climate change. In the 70s, it was Leonard Nimoy talking about the uh, Ice Age. Now, it's Al Gore and John Kerry pushing global warming. When all the legitimate scientists say that CO2 actually is uh, follows temperature, which is cyclical, and based off of a lot of other science, the sun, the oceans, and all the different effects of the Earth— so CO2 raises, rises like 600 years after temperature rises. 
It's not temperature rising in response to CO2. It's CO2 rising in response to temperature. Yet we want to control CO2, which is 0.4 of 1% of the atmosphere. And human pollution is 0.3% of that 0.4%. But when you listen to Vladimir Putin talking and speaking in complete sentences, you're like, well, that's a step up from Joe Biden. He He's actually completing sentence. Then he's talking about like, you know, artificial intelligence and bioengineering and and uh, all the different uh, foul play that the CIA has been doing. And, you know, who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? We now know, according to Vladimir Putin, it was the CIA. Who uh, waged the coup d'etat in Ukraine in 2014? We always knew. It was Victoria Nuland and Jeffrey Pyatt. I've been talking about this for years. There's nothing new on this program. The Scott Adams Show has been right about this every step of the way. But Vladimir Putin confirmed it. What we already know, and what Victoria Nuland really already admitted, she was in a committee hearing stating that there are bioweapon labs in Ukraine. Huh? Why are they there? Doesn't make any sense. Vladimir Putin opened up the first hour of the two-hour and seven-minute interview talking about the history the history of Russia and Ukraine. Talked about meeting Zelensky and talked really about Zelensky being a puppet of the West. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this really embarrassing clip from Joe Biden, though, about Ukraine. This is going to keep Putin from continuing to fight. The answer is Putin's already lost the war. Putin has a real problem. How does he move from here? What does he do? A few moments later. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. This is- so which one is it? <laughs> Russians already Russia already lost or a few moments later so that was July 2023 and January 20 between J- July 2023 and January 2024 I guess you could say that Biden lost again cuz he's a loser and a cheat and a thief and he got away with the same thing that they're trying to convict Trump of which is documents off-site except they showed photos of the documents in uh, Joe Biden's garage near his Corvette. And they were in ripped up boxes, open boxes, sitting in a garage. Trump's were all in nice, neat office boxes, like legal boxes, and behind a locked door at Mar-a-Lago. Huge difference. And Trump had a team of lawyers working with the uh, Library of Congress and NARA, I think they call it NARA, and uh, the National Archives. And, uh, yeah, so now John Kirby doesn't want you to listen to uh, Vladimir Putin. The president believes that support for Ukraine is critical, particularly right now, uh, as Russia continues to try to uh, they hit their to defense down industrial base, continue to hit their units on that battlefront from, from east to south. It, it, it's vital. Uh, and he's 
confident that uh, and he and based on the meetings he's had with, with leaders on Capitol Hill and the discussions he's had certainly uh, uh, over recent weeks uh, that again the leadership even on the House side the leadership is solidly in support of supporting Ukraine now whether they're going to how they're going to be affected or impacted by a television interview I, I couldn't begin to, to, to guess I guess I'm asking beyond just Congress among the American people many of whom you know watch Tucker Carlson's show and how are inclined already to be skeptical of American support for Ukraine, would hearing directly from Putin potentially erode that further, not just in the halls of Congress, but among the people? The American people know well who's at fault here, and I think they know. No, they don't. There was no ground whatsoever for the invasion on February 22nd, two years ago. The, uh, he, he invaded a neighboring country with, without provocation. Ukraine wasn't a threat to anybody, and the American people understand. Not true. The American people understand what Ukraine's for. They were a threat. And all they're asking for is our help. They're not asking for American boots on the ground. Again, I don't think the American people are going to be swayed by one single interview. And I think anybody that watches that interview, again, I haven't seen whatever whatever's said, need to, need to make sure you're, 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 remember, you're listening to Vladimir Putin, and uh, you shouldn't take at face value. Anything. Oh, I won't forget. And I won't forget that Vladimir Putin was talking about all the neo-Nazis that America is supporting in Ukraine or the bio-weapons that are being produced in Ukraine or all the black market uh, arms trade in Ukraine, all money laundering schemes to enrich uh, private organizations. I said yesterday, uh, Anthony Blinken owns West Exec. Every time we donate money to them, uh, it comes with strings. The strings are that money goes back to West Exec. Blinken is the founder of that. So he benefits directly by his own policy, number one. And then he gives kickbacks because we know that he was also laundering and managing this, the anonymous funds from China going through the Penn University Biden Center. And they were laundering money that way making all kinds of phony promises. They were throwing America under the bus. Biden used private emails and fake names for official businesses, shared White House communications with family. That's according to John Solomon, one of the top uh, investigative journalists in the, in the United States. Also, Bill Malusian. Who's you see him down on the border doing all kinds of great footage, investigative journalist, boots on the ground. These are some of the photos, and he mentioned he he shows all these photos in these of uh, these boxes in uh, uh, Biden's really crummy looking garage. Um, photos of classified documents that President Biden stored in his garage in Delaware, according to Special Counsel Robert Hur. Some of these documents included classified information about Afghanistan and reported, uh, the report says, no criminal charges recommended. But not for Trump. Stephen Miller basically said this, DOJ says Biden is not competent to stand trial. So how is he competent to run DOJ and the rest of the country? The two claims are mutually exclusive. Indeed, competence to stand trial is a far lower bar than competence to serve as commander-in-chief. And that's, in essence, what they said. Well, they actually said those words. So meanwhile, Biden is stumbling like a total idiot, and Vladimir Putin has given the interview of a lifetime. And the Democrats, all they can talk about 
is politics. The Biden report that came out today or yesterday isn't by coincidence. It's by design, someone says. They are real close to inserting Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama, Big Mike, for the Democrat nominee by design. This was the plan from the start. That's a theory. It's a plausible theory. So now the conservatives are attacking Gavin Newsom for making statements like this in the past. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. We believe... Okay, so that 10-year plan to solve homelessness, he gave that statement in 2008. So let's see. Carry the one, 2018, then plus six. So actually, he's 16 years into it, and the homeless problem's worse. And Oakland couldn't be further from a disaster area. It's more like Kabul than it is, or Fallujah, than it is any domesticated uh, American city in the continental U.S. So then it has Roger Stone, flamboyant as always, saying this. Now, as a veteran of many years in American politics, I'm going to tell you something somewhat shocking. Joe Biden will not be the nominee of the Democratic Party no. in 2024. Kamala Harris will briefly become president. But the only way in their party they can replace a woman of color is with another woman of color. And yes, you heard it here first. The Democratic nominee for president will be Michelle Obama. They have already rigged their primaries. The reason that they have canceled the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary is to put South Carolina, a state where a majority of the Democratic primaries are Afri primary voters are African Americans, and they will allow Gavin Newsom to purchase the vice presidential nomination, but the Obamas will hold him up for six or eight hundred million dollars to do so. You heard it here first. When Steve Bannon says it in three weeks, remember I said it first. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. So is this what we are expecting? Tony Lane writes this. A ticket with Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom. Michelle and president as president and Gavin as vice president or vice versa. Um, hearing that Barack Obama's fear of former President Donald Trump has him secretly lobbying for this. And Biden's removal. So they're suggesting that Obama's lobbying for Biden's removal. Will this be the dream team that receives, revives the failed Democrat Party? Or will they get obliterated by conservatives who are fed up with the shenanigans coming from the left? Wow, that's a, that's a theory that's got some legs. That dog's hunting. Um, Joe Biden's DOJ said today that he was not mentally fit for trial. <laughs> you can't make it up. So in the few hours since Biden decided to say he is a president for red states and green states, 
forgot the name of the place where Bo got his rosary. And he said that Egypt president is from Mexico. When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody whether you live in a red state or a green state. Did you get that? Red state or a green state? Huh. Let's take a listen to this one. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. Okay, El Sisi. Wrong again. Wrong again, Joe. He raised that. Take a listen. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. He's talking about Bo now. So he's going to get all rough and tough. Some of you have commented. I wear, since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... He can't remember the rosary from Our Lady of what, Joe? We don't, I don't remember where I got it. He didn't even remember where he got it. Let's take a listen to this one. This was last week. People have pled guilty. You know, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it, was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? So Mitterrand was the French president between 1981 and 1995. And he also died in 1996. So wasn't Mitterrand. It may have been Macron. I don't know. So here... This is a great question from Peter Ducey. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's true. That's true. That's true. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. Oh, okay. Then maybe you should stand trial, Joe. You can't have it both ways, though. So let's get to a, like a real boss who basically first calls Tucker Carlson out. Are we having a talk show or a real conversation? So he's kind of jovial and a little bit funny. On February 22nd, 2022, you addressed your country in a nationwide address when the conflict in Ukraine started. And you said that you were acting because you had come to the conclusion that the United States, through NATO, might initiate a, quote, surprise attack on our country. And to American ears, that sounds paranoid. Tell us why you believe the United States might strike Russia out of the blue. How did you conclude that? It's not that America, the United States, was going to launch a surprise strike on Russia. I didn't say that. Are we having a talk show or a serious conversation? 
here's the <laughs> quote. Thank you. It's a formidable <laughs> series. <laughs> no, and he goes back in, you know, they had a really good rapport, actually, but Putin really talked like 95% of the time. Uh, also noteworthy uh, with Tucker Carlson going over to Russia, Tucker met with Snowden and Reed. I don't know who Reed is, but Tucker um, met with uh, Edward Snowden, went in Russia for a Putin interview. Although he met with Snowden, Tucker reportedly didn't interview him. However, he did interview Tara Reed. So that's who I was thinking, Tara Reed. Tara Reed is the rape victim of of Joe Biden. The former junior Senate aide moved to Russia after she accused Biden of sexual assault. So I didn't know that. There are no details about when her interview will air yet. So, you know, the thing about that is, is that people are going to Russia for civil, to get their civil liberties back. The world is flipped upside down. So here we go. Putin, uh, we don't need to cooperate with the U.S. The Western Empire is declining. We, together with, the with my colleague and friend, Xi Jinping, set a goal to reach 200. We've surpassed that, $200 billion in mutual trade. And the trade, the bilateral trade, is basically equitable, fair. That's kind of interesting. So you said a moment ago that the world would be a lot better if it weren't broken into competing alliances, if there was cooperation globally. One of the reasons you don't have that is because the current American administration is dead set against you. Do you think if there were a new administration after Joe Biden that you would be able to reestablish communication with the U.S. government? Or does it not matter who the president is? I will tell you, but let me finish the previous thought. We, together with my colleague and friend, President Xi Jinping, set a goal to reach $200 billion of mutual trade with China this year. We have exceeded this level. According to our figures, our bilateral trade with China totals already $230 billion, and the Chinese statistics says it is $240 billion. One more important thing. Our trade is well-balanced, mutually complementary in high-tech, energy, scientific research and development. It is very balanced. As for BRICS, where Russia took over the presidency this year, the BRICS countries are, by and large, developing very rapidly. Look, if memory serves me right, Back in 1992, the share of the G7 countries in the world economy amounted to 47%, whereas in 2022, it was down to, I think, a little over 30%. The BRICS countries accounted for only 16% in 1992, but now their share is greater than that of the G7. It has nothing to do with the events in Ukraine. This is due to the trends of global development and world economy, as I mentioned just now. And this is inevitable. This will keep happening. It is like the rise of the sun. You cannot prevent the sun from rising. 
you have to adapt to it. How do the United States adapt? With the help of force, sanctions, pressure, bombings, and use of armed forces. This is about self-conceit. Your political establishment does not understand that the world is changing under objective circumstances. And in order to preserve your level, even if someone aspires, pardon me, to the level of dominance, you have to make the right decisions in a competent and timely manner. Such brutal actions, including with regard to Russia and, say, other countries, are counterproductive. This is an obvious fact. It has already become evident. So that was an interesting comment. And uh, he went on to say that the sanctions are hurting America much, much worse than than helping America. I mean, we're basically uh, losing our standing in the world because we've decided to use the dollar as a weapon. And so now people are just like, you know what? I'd like to use the dollar as a standard, but I'm not going to because uh, America is just unhinged with their global agenda. If I don't conform to their climate change initiatives or if I don't conform to their pandemic initiatives or if I don't conform to their food system initiatives or their central bank digital currency initiatives, you know, the basic BlackRock World Economic Forum BS then uh, we're going to have to uh, maybe choose a, a different currency like the yuan or something uh, different, maybe the ruble. But uh, it just depends. You know, the petro yuan, you know, when people are trading in big commodities like oil around the world, uh, they're moving away from the dollar. They don't want any part of American tyranny. And that's, that's really kind of what's happening right now. He also talked about human engineering. Really deep discussion. So when does the AI empire start, do you think? (laughs) (laughs) You're asking increasingly more complicated questions. To answer them, you need to be an expert in big numbers, big data and AI. Mankind is currently facing many threats. Due to the genetic researches, it is now possible to create a superhuman, a specialized human being, a genetically engineered athlete, scientist, military man. There are reports that Elon Musk has already had a chip implanted in the human brain in the USA. What do you think of that? Well, I think there's no stopping Elon Musk. He will do as he sees fit. Nevertheless, you need to find some common ground with him, search for ways to persuade him. I think he's a smart person, I truly believe he is. So you need to reach an agreement with him because this process needs to be formalized and subjected to certain rules. Humanity has to consider what is going to happen due to the newest development in genetics or in AI. One can make an approximate prediction of what will happen. 
Once mankind felt an existential threat coming from nuclear weapons, all nuclear nations began to come to terms with one another since they realized the negligent use of nuclear weaponry could drive humanity to extinction. It is impossible to stop research in genetics or AI today, just as it was impossible to stop the use of gunpowder back in the day. But as soon as we realize that the threat comes from unbridled and uncontrolled development of AI, or genetics, or any other field, the time will come to reach an international agreement on how to regulate these things. Wow, I mean, that's such a brilliant response. That's why they didn't want you to listen to Vladimir Putin, because you're going to see that they've been censoring a guy that's been speaking truth. And more more than anything, like a more conservative value-based truth, which is, you know, kind of interesting. So this was interesting, too. There are reports that Elon Musk has already had a chip implanted in the human brain in the USA. What do you think of that? Well, I think there's no stopping Elon Musk. He yeah, and he goes, you have to negotiate with someone like that. You have to negotiate with Elon Musk, right? All right, so we got this one. Putin confirms denazification is a primary goal of Russia-Ukraine conflict. But the West seems to want to embrace and endorse Nazism, just like the FBI dresses up like a white supremacist group and tries to paint it as a Trump brush, sort of like Jussie Smollett on steroids. The FBI and Jussie Smollett share a lot in common. So does Bubba Wallace. And the FBI hoaxed that. Or the Whit- Whit- Whitmer, Governor Whitmer kidnapping. The FBI set that up and trapped that. Exploited that. The FBI is a sinister organization at this point. I mean, have you achieved your aims? Uh, no, we haven't achieved our aims yet, because one of them is denazification. This means the prohibition of all kinds of neo-Nazi movements. Pardon my ignorance, what is denazification? What would that mean? That is what I want to talk about right now. It is a very important issue. Denazification. After gaining independence, Ukraine began to search, as some Western analysts say, its identity. And it came up with nothing better than to build this identity upon some false heroes who collaborated with Hitler. I have already said that in the early 19th century, when the theorists of independence and sovereignty of Ukraine appeared, they assumed that an independent Ukraine should have very good relations with Russia. 
But due to the historical development, those territories were part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Poland, where Ukrainians were persecuted and treated quite brutally as well as were subject to cruel behavior. There were also attempts to destroy their identity. All this remained in the memory of the people. When World War II broke out, part of this extremely nationalist elite collaborated with Hitler, believing that he would bring them freedom. See, the elites supported Hitler. The German troops, even the SS troops, made Hitler's collaborators do the dirtiest work of exterminating the Polish and Jewish population. Hence this brutal massacre of the Polish and Jewish population, as well as the Russian population too. This was led by the persons who are well known, Bandera, Shukevich. It was those people who were made national heroes, that is the problem. And we are constantly told that nationalism and neo-Nazism exist in other countries as well. Yes, they are seedlings, but we approve them, and other countries fight against them. But Ukraine is not the case. These people have been made into national heroes in Ukraine. Monuments to those people have been erected. They are displayed on flags. Their names are shouted by crowds that walk with torches, as it was in Nazi Germany. These were people who exterminated Poles, Jews and Russians. It is necessary to stop this practice and prevent the dissemination of this concept. I say that Ukrainians are part of the one Russian people. They say, no, we are a separate people. Okay, fine. If they consider themselves a separate people, they have the right to do so, but not on the basis of Nazism, the Nazi ideology. So here's the interesting thing about that, is uh, I've always said that there are close ties, not just through familial relationships, but Klaus Schwab and the way BlackRock operates is very Nazi-esque. And what they're proposing to do without legislation, without representation, um, and usurping the power through uh, mechanisms of inflation, migration, uh, all these different things are being put into place. Extortion, coercion, um, are all put into place as dirty, you know, dirty politics. But they're unelected officials. They're tyrants. And this super elite, you know, uh, there was a study about the, uh, who supported Hitler in the beginning. And it was the academic world. All the professors and all the people with, and, and all the doctors and all the people with higher education were the ones that were embracing that super liberal elite-ism, elitism, which really was the foundation of Hitler. And it was based on socialism. So Putin, Putin claims that we're not going to take calls just this moment. Um, sorry about that. Uh, so... Um, Putin 
uh, also talks about Prime Minister Boris Johnson. I want you to take a listen to this. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. <laughs> right. And we made it. We prepared the huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Well, you missed it, you made a mistake, let them get back to that, that is all. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, and he did. He 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 put that out there, right? So uh, let's just take a listen to that again. <laughs> right. And we made it. We prepared the... Yeah, so then Prime Minister Johnson came and ruined it. And they had a Minsk agreement, and then they had a Minsk a Minx 2 agreement and Boris Johnson wanted to destroy it. Let's see. This, this might be the same clip. I'm I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement. Right. We just heard that. Okay. I got a bunch of clips open, but okay, here we go. Um, Putin, doesn't the U.S. have anything better to do? America is responsible for so much discourse worldwide. It's time to keep our nose out of other people's business. So let's take a listen to this. Well, before we get to that, I want to get to some shorter clips first. Um, because I have these long clips that are going to be time sucks. And I want to get to some key points too. Um, so Putin says that politicians, Biden and the European politicians are using Ukraine to extort money from taxpayers. All right. I want I want to also hear this one about the Nord Stream pipeline. All right. It's a lot of great clips here. Who blew here. up Nord Stream? Who blew up Nord Nord Stream? <laughs> Who blew up Nord Stream? It's a good question. <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have? Do you have <laughs> uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, you personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. The CIA has no such alibi. Did you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? The State Department CIA has no alibi. You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, but also for someone who has capabilities. Because there may be many people interested, but not all of them are capable of sinking to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and carrying out this explosion. These two components should be connected. Who is interested and who is capable of doing it? But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. And it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the U.S., CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? 
In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States. All right, now listen to this real close. I've been saying for years, the people that control the media are the people in charge of this war. And they're the people that could turn it on and turn it off. And that's the West. And in particular, that's the United States media. We are the media of the world. And the fact that Russian Today and Sputnik and Rupley were all censored off of YouTube and Google searches and everything else in between. And yet these same entities cater to the World Economic Forum agenda, the climate initiatives and the COVID pandemic, scandemic, pandemic initiatives. They're the ones in control of the world. And they've all but, well, they have admitted it. They've admitted that they control the media. And, you know, BlackRock, with all their ad dollars, through all their multinational corporations that they own huge stakes in, that they're able to control with just mere 8% uh, market share uh, or, or, or shareholder uh, status, they can control these big, huge conglomerate companies. And as an aggregate, they could actually put a company out of business in two days, you know, with no time at all. And so everybody kisses the ring of Larry Fink. But they control the media through their corporate dollars, through their uh, extortion, and a whole host of other things. And so when Putin says this, he's not kidding. Why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? He has this intelligence, but no one will believe him. <laughs> you know, Trump had the intelligence but nobody would give him an airpiece. Air you know, people thought, oh, they're going to tell they're going to go ahead and talk about Hillary Clinton and her bleach bidding and all this stuff that with the Russian hoax and all the stuff on Benghazi. But guess what? The media never wanted to tell that story. Just like, you know, Joe Biden with boxes of intelligence from Afghanistan in his garage. And nobody wants to talk about that story. How about the Hunter Biden laptop? Nobody wants to talk about that story, right? You could have it dead to rights, all the evidence known to man. And the CIA will continue to lie, like those 51 intelligence agencies saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was standard Russian uh, tradecraft. Um, and then they, the media won't cover it. And then if you try to cover it on social media, you get censored and thrown off the platform. In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information and we will not achieve results. It is clear to the whole world what happened and even American analysts talk about it directly. It's true. Yes, I, but, but here's a question you may be able to answer. You worked in Germany, famously. Um, the Germans clearly know that their NATO partner did this, but they, and it damaged their economy greatly, it may never recover. Why are they being silent about it? That's very confusing to me. Why wouldn't the Germans say something about it? 
This also confuses me. But today's German leadership is guided by the interests of the collective West rather than its national interests. Otherwise, it is difficult to explain the logic of their action or inaction. After all, it is not only about Nord Stream 1, which was blown up, and the Nord Stream 2 was damaged. But one pipe is safe and sound, and gas can be supplied to Europe through it. But Germany does not open it. We are ready, please. There's another route through Poland, called Yamal Europe, which also allows for a large flow. Poland has closed it, but Poland packs from the German hand, it receives money from the pan-European funds, and Germany is the main donor to these pan-European funds. Germany feeds Poland to a certain extent, and they close their route to Germany. Why? I don't understand. Ukraine, to which the Germans supply weapons and give money. Germany is the second sponsor of the United States in terms of financial aid to Ukraine. There are two gas routes through Ukraine. They simply closed one route, the Ukrainians. Open the second route and please get gas from Russia. They do not open it. Why don't the Germans say? Because Look, black guys, market we money. give you money and weapons. Open up the valve, please. Let the gas from Russia pass through for us. We're buying liquefied gas at exorbitant prices in Europe, which brings the level of our competitiveness and economy in general down to zero. Do you want us to give you money? Let us have the decent existence. Make money for our economy, because this is where the money we give you comes from. They refuse to do so. Why? Ask them. That is what is like in their heads. Those are highly incompetent people. Wow, that's a big statement. Here's another big statement. Vladimir Putin interview. Okay, so Zelensky and Trudeau giving a Nazi uh, standing ovation. Look, the president of Ukraine visited Canada. This story is well known, but being silenced in the Western countries. The Canadian Parliament introduced a man who, as the Speaker of the Parliament said, fought against the Russians during the World War II. Well, who fought against the Russians during the World War II? Hitler and his accomplices. It turned out that this man served in the SS troops. He personally killed Russians, Poles and Jews. The SS troops consisted of Ukrainian nationalists who did this dirty work. The president of Ukraine stood up with the entire parliament of Canada and applauded this man. How can this be imagined? The president of Ukraine himself, by the way, is a Jew by nationality. You say Hitler has been dead for so many years, 80 years. But his example lives on. People who exterminated Jews, Russians and Poles are alive. And the president, the current president of today's Ukraine, applauds him in the Canadian parliament, gives a standing ovation. Can we say that we have completely uprooted this ideology if what we see is happening today? That is what denazification is in our understanding. We have to get rid of those people who maintain this concept and support this practice and try to preserve it. That is what denazification is. That is what we mean. Absolutely. Um, 
So far, interesting, right? Uh, listen to Victoria Newland right here. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in do. fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces, what are they doing there in the first place? To uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces. Oh, Russia has everything they need. Two weeks after Donald Trump's victory, Joe Biden is on the phone with Poroshenko. Two weeks after Joe, uh, Donald Trump's victory, Joe Biden's on the phone with Poroshenko. His voice tenser now than before. Physical security, so we'll assassinate you. Yesterday, I met meet with the Victor general firing. Yeah. And despite of the fact that we don't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him to resign. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked at it and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. And one hour ago, he brought me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step. February 18, 2016. Meddling in... Uh, foreign affairs during a uh, well during uh, while he was vice president I and agree. extorting oh, son of a bitch <laughs> got fired will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer thank you we are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes so it's so corrupt over there, right? And Joe Biden and the Biden crime family have played a big role in that. So has the State Department in waging coups. It's just, you know, it was great to hear from Vladimir Putin last night with the Tucker Carlson's, Carlson's interview. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to make a check out MAGAPAC. Make a donation if you can. MAGAPAC.org. Make a donation if you can to help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. We'll see you next time.